Hello everybody, this week's Parshish Parshish is a Yetzi, Um Everybody asks a question, how was Yaakov able to marry two sisters? We all, we all know that the, that the Avos kept the Torah and Mitzvos before it was given. So that's a metric that everybody says. It even says in last week's Parshish, Kosh Baruch, who says about Avramina that he kept the Torah and the Mitzvos. And it's a very, very important thing. So the idea that they had Nevoah, they, they were in touch, they were... Uh, the famous story of Yaakovina this week's parsha actually doing the, using the maklus and by accomplishing tefillin with that, the Zohar says, I believe. Um, these things are, you know, things we obviously don't understand how they knew, but they had a special relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu. In any case, the, because of this idea that we're saying now that the Elvis kept Torah even before it was given, I think by, uh, it was uh, Seder night when uh, Yaakovina stole the brachos from his father Yitzchak. It was also Pesach time when they went to when the Malachim went to Lot, and he gave them matzahs. Okay, a lot of stuff, that's not what I want to get into. What I want to get into is like this. If that's the case, then everybody asks, how could Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu was allowed to marry two sisters because you're not allowed to take, you know, be married to two sisters simultaneously. So a lot of people give different answers. The Ramban, for example, says that that was something that they did in the Chutzarets, that they, I'm sorry, that they didn't marry Tisrael, but in the Chutzarets, they weren't mocked on it somehow. That the real reason the Torah was given was to do in, in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutzarts, so therefore they didn't feel it was when it was not possible. They did; they weren't Makai in the Mitzvah in Chutzarts. That's one of the reasons why Rabban says coming to Eretz Yisrael, Rachel Imenu passed away. Okay, but the Abavich Rebbe asked a bunch of questions on this to show that the answer, the the answers that are given, are not sufficient. And I want to get right away to the answer that he gives, which I believe is a very beautiful, not just answers the question, but also gives us a very good. Hashkafic outlook. And then it's like this. He says like this. He says, The Avos kept the Torah and Mitzvahs before they were given. He gave them, uh, the Avos kept them as a Tosefes and as a Chumrah. Not as a real um, law. What did they do have to keep as real laws? So the B'ni Noach were given laws um, that people from Noach's time until the future ongoing has to keep certain laws. For example, Stealing, trickery, um, being with uh, stealing somebody else's wife—these things uh, were things that they had to keep mitzad chiyuv. All right, so we see from the parsha that Lavan himself um, wasn't—he wasn't going to allow himself to be. He was tricking Yaakov, you know? but when Yaakovino said "Olamimisani." Which obviously is, how can you trick me? You're not allowed to trick me. So love an answer by saying, we don't do that in our place. We don't give the older, we don't give the younger before the older. So you have to have a reason. So Yaakovino is telling him, you can't trick me. So certain things, stealing, you, you, everybody knew you couldn't do. So here he goes. He says like this. When Yaakov eventually uh, first came to Lovin's house and he made an agreement to marry Rachel, he promised, he married to, he promised to marry Rachel. Then he was given Leah, he was tricked, right? So he could not now say, okay, well, my, my keeping of Torah mitzvos is going to st- allow, allow me to marry you, Rachel, because I promised you. So the promise that he that he made to Rachel was a promise that he has to keep. The idea of keeping the Torah was a tosefes and a hider. And therefore, when it came in, con- in, in contrast with his earlier agreement with Rachel, he couldn't keep the Torah mitzvos. And he says also, that's why it says by uh, Love and, in Love and Garti, later when he tells Esau in Love and Garti, um, it doesn't say, it's Tariq mitzvos kiyamti, it says Tariq mitzvos shamarti. 
uh, meaning he keeps them and he's careful with them as long as they're they're able to be done. When it comes in conflict with something that he has to do that must be done, he can't do it. He can't do it. Like over here, An example he gives as well about Avram Avinu's The reason why he didn't do the brismila before it was given, even though he knows it's a mitzvah, is because of the fact that the, that Bnei Noach were commanded not to spill your own blood. And by Parshas Noach, you can look it up. It says over there that the first thing, one of the things that that Bnei Noach were commanded right after the Mabel was you're not allowed to spill your own blood. So you're not allowed to. That's that's something that Obnei Noach had to do. You can't go ahead and now do a Tosefus mitzvah and Tosefus hitter because you want to do something extra. So that's how Bob Shrevi explains that as well. Very, very interesting. So, so how do we how do we bring that into our lives? So just a couple of examples I thought of. Let's say uh, my wife is come, waiting for me to come back from Marif to go out to go shopping. All right? And she tells me that it's time to, we, she's waiting for she's going to a wedding and she is uh, waiting for me to go out. Now, and right after Right after Marv, somebody pulls me over and asks, wants me to tell me the right Torah. So on one hand, it's a very nice mitzvah to do to say the right Torah, but um, my wife is waiting for me, so I can't go ahead and now do something and listen to an extra right Torah when I'm being over on Israel. My, my, my wife is going to get annoyed. She's going to be anxious to just go to the wedding or do the shopping. So I can't do something nice and extra when it's imposing on somebody else. That's one example. Example number two is, let's say I'm uh, sitting and benching, but I'm thinking I don't want to miss my Marv. So wait one second, hello, what's what's going on? Benjing is a mitzvah raisa, and Marv with a minion, the actual the actual Shema is the raisa, but the actual davening with a minion is right now the rabbanon. You already did, you already davened once today, twice today. You did a mitzvah the raisa with tefillah, but right now, why am I rushing up a mitzvah the raisa to go catch Marv? Um, that's number two. Another example would be, let's say, I'm expecting guests in the house erev Shabbos, and usually I go to the mikvah erev Shabbos, but. The guests come early, and my wife needs my help to help with the Achnas Asarchim. Achnas Asarchim is Daraisa, and going to the mikvah is like a Tzefes and a Hider. So these are like examples. Now I always have to ask myself, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I like it, it's for myself, or because this is what Hashem wants? Now a lot of times it's hard for me to answer the question because I really want to go to the mikvah. I really want to hear this Torah. I really want to do these things, but I have to be honest with myself. Who am I doing this for? I'm serving in this world Hashem. I'm not serving myself. Now, obviously, we try to make them one because I want to, this is the best thing for me to serve God. But sometimes we get caught up in certain things that are not necessarily the best thing what Hashem really wants. And we have to keep an eye out for that. We have to be, we have to do what we, we know is the right thing instead of what we feel we want to do for ourselves. I'll give you an example. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yesterday, the Mash in Shiva Nevei um, had a little speech with the boys. Um, there were discussions, it was like a discussion forum type of thing. And they were discussing the current ceasefire in Israel with these terrorists. Um, and a lot of people were very angry, and understandably so. Like, why are we giving in to these terrorists to get to get some some, some people back? It's just going to put us back in the war, and we're gonna they're going to regroup. They're going to get more more ammunition. They're going to do more terrible things. They're going to play more terrible things. And we're basically shooting ourselves in the foot when we're giving back because we want the the um, the hostages. So the Mishkech explained to them that the Das Torah is on this thing on this matter, is that the, the rabbis view this as like this. These hajas are in mortal danger this very second. And we're concerned by, we're concerned that the these evil people are going to plan and do more terrible things in the future. The immediate thing right now is to get the people that are in mortal danger right now out, even though it, God forbid, could put us into, into more danger in the future. Now, the immediate reaction for myself personally was like, no, we have to destroy these people. We have to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Houses, no hundreds, I don't care. We have to destroy these people and just get rid of them no matter what. 
But the truth is, that's a very emotional response because I'm angry. I'm angry and vengeful at these terrible, these terrible monsters. But the way they're looking at it, and which is obviously we have to bow ourselves, our heads to, to the way Chazal look at it, the way these rabbis look at it, is that we have to be logical. The immediate danger of these people come first. We'll deal with the, the other things afterwards, and hopefully Hashem will help us that we'll be zeichet to get our hostages. They should be healthy and well and destroy our enemies very soon. So this is the point that I wanted to make. That his sephis and hider does not override an iser. I hope that came over well. Thank you very much. Have a good Shabbos.